Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Ronald yet? Welcome into the Go Balls 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, not Wes Rucker, because if you follow Wes on social media, you know that he is under the weather and dealing with COVID. So we wish Wes the best and, and hope he gets to feeling better soon and, and gets back into the flow of things as soon as possible. But in the meantime, we do have plenty to discuss in regards to Tennessee basketball. We we cannot not record a podcast after the debacle that took place Wednesday night on West End in Memorial Gymnasium. So joining me on this podcast is the one and only Jason Swain of 99.1 The Sports Animal. Swain, my guy, how are you? I'm good, man. What's up? What's up? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Appreciate you doing this, chopping it up about Tennessee basketball here for uh, a little while before you go in and and do your show from 12 to 3, Josh and Swain, again, on 99.1 Sports Animal. Check those guys out. They do a, a ton of great work. and consistently putting out good content uh much more consistent than this Tennessee basketball team and we'll we'll, we'll get to that at at some point but but first let's talk about kind of the the key plays that took took place in, in the loss last night uh 66 to 65 loss to Vanderbilt uh Jerry Stackhouse finally has his win over Tennessee he was 0 and 7 against Tennessee in his four years uh, at Vanderbilt, uh, Tennessee had won six straight at Memorial Gymnasium. They had won 11 straight in the series overall, which was tied for the longest streak within the series. They had won 13 of 14. I mean, Rick Barnes has quite frankly owned Vanderbilt since he became head coach. And part of that is Vanderbilt not being very good the last couple of years. Uh, but Swain, the the final minute of, of last night's game, it looked like it was going to be a turning point for this team, at least in my mind, when uh, Olivier Kumwa hits that mid-range jumper to give Tennessee the lead uh, with about 50 seconds remaining, if if I remember correctly. That that was a huge shot from Olivier there. Uh, and it, it looked like Tennessee was going to be able to close it out after he makes that shot. They get a stop on the defensive end. Uh, Josiah does turn his ankle, has an ankle sprain now. Uh, but Tennessee is ultimately able to uh, corral the loose ball. Vandy tries to tip it out for the offensive rebound. Uh, Kai Ziegler comes up with it. And unfortunately for Tennessee, they were not in the double bonus because free throws were at a premium last night. Um, and they they did do a good job of, of getting the ball in <laughs> last night. I know that sounds super simplistic for a college basketball team, but we just saw them against Auburn over the weekend. It, even though Santi was probably fouled on that final play, uh, Tennessee did struggle to get the basketball in in crunch time on, on Saturday. So it was good to see them take a step forward in the right direction. And, and they had to get the ball inbounds four or five times uh, to, to get to the double bonus. And they were able to do so. 
Uh, we'll start with the Julian Phillips uh, conversation because that, that seems to be the big talking point uh, following the game. Julian Phillips has a, a wide open dunk with Tennessee up two, decides to to pull it out. And Rick Barnes said after the game that he thought, not that he thought, that he told him that he has to dunk that basketball every single time. What what was your thoughts on on that particular play? You you dunk the ball right there, you go about four, even if they catch up to you and foul you, which I didn't think that they were going to do that because Julian Phillips had a couple still on defend, but he is 80% and above throw shoe. So that was the perfect out-of-bounds um, play for that moment. I mean, you, you had your best slasher, one of your best free-throw shooters, getting the ball, going to the bucket, being able to finish. And you saw it on Julian's face as he's approaching the rim. He was really thinking about making the right play. And that's why I give him some grace. He's a freshman. And you can just see it. If you watch it on TV, I know you were there, so you didn't really get a chance to see his face um, like I did unless you went back and watched it, but you can see it on his face. He was really trying to make the right play. And I, I appreciate that. And you can tell by Rick Barnes' reaction after he passed up the layup or the dunk that he did not make the right play according to Rick Barnes in that moment. But even still, Tennessee did a really good job of not turning the basketball over. They kept the ball in the hands of their best ball handlers and best free throw shooters. That's what you want to do in that situation. And when it was time to shoot one and one, your most clutch free throw shooter over the last three or four years since Santiago Vescovi has been here, how many times have we watched a game and we have heard the announcer talk about how clutch Santi has been at the free throw line? He goes up and he misses the front end of a one and one. And missing the front end of a one on one is just like a turnover. You go down and you have an empty possession, but it was detrimental in that moment because it's exactly what Vanderbilt needed to go down and have a shot to win. And they made the three to win the game, but uh, it it was long. It was online um, a couple centimeters shorter. I mean, it's nothing but net, but that's sometimes shooting free throws. You hit that back of the rim and that's kind of your aiming point, the back of the rim. And uh, if Santi makes the free throw at worst, it's overtime. If he makes that three, Maybe Vanderbilt goes for two, and um, Tennessee's able to play better defense in that moment. But, like, yes, Julian Phillips should have made it. But you had your senior guard who has been clutched most of his career in that moment. He missed a free throw. And I look at the bigger problem in Tennessee's losses, Ben. Tennessee doesn't get to the free throw line enough. When you go look at some of the losses that Tennessee has had this year, we shot three free throws against Vanderbilt. Against Kentucky at home, you only shot 10 free throws. And Kentucky shot 25 free throws. I bet if we go and look at the Florida game, the free throw shots or attempts would be low there too. And that was my concern going into this basketball game is, okay, if the shots are not falling, which they were, <laughs> like they, they were falling. I mean, it was fun basketball to watch at the beginning of the game from both teams because they both were making shots. But Tennessee shot the ball so much better 
but you can't shoot all your shots from the outside. You got to be able to get to the paint, draw some fouls, get to the free throw line, and get some cheap points there. And we we didn't do a good job of that of that either. Um, and Vanderbilt, we just didn't get to the free throw line enough. And and that's been something that's really, really scared me. And the loss against Florida, Ben, Florida shot 24 free throws and they made 18. And we shot 12 and made 11. So for me, there's a recurring theme where the teams that we have lost to the last three in the SEC, the opponent, they have made more than we have actually shot. Yeah, and and that's not a, a good thing as you just described. I mean, the fact that Tennessee only took three free throws last night is, I, I think it's fair to say it's pretty alarming um, because I, I think it goes back to an overall personnel issue of the sense that they don't really have anybody that can create on their own and, and get to the rim. Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vescovi can get by defenders on the perimeter and and get to the rim, but and and I would need to go back and, and chart this and and maybe Tennessee's coaches feel differently um, because they know a lot more about basketball than I do. But it, it feels like they don't necessarily try to get to the rim to score or try to be uh, aggressive and draw fouls. It, it's they try and get to the rim and then kick it out for a shot on the perimeter. Uh, and for a team that struggles to get to the free throw line pretty consistently, I, I think that's something that maybe could be a talking point with Zakai and with Santi because they're really the only two on the roster that can break down defenders, somewhat create on their own, and, and get past their defender and get into the paint and create for others. I mean, last night you saw Zakai multiple times break down his defender, get into the paint, and he had three lobs uh, opportunities for Olivier Kumwa. And on two of them, he missed. And on the third one, Olivier made a one heck of an athletic play. And and I, I thought Zakai over, over lobbed him again, but Olivier was able to come down with it with, with one hand and slam it home. So they're able to get into that area, but I feel like they can be more aggressive as as scorers once they get into that area of the floor. And, and there, look, there's nothing wrong with being unselfish and, and trying to create for your teammates. But when, when you're Two of the the three main players on offense, I, I think you need to have more of an aggressive uh, scoring mindset in, in those moments. But the other thing with Santi at the end of the game, and, and what I think was was more disappointing than the the free throw was how he came off of Tyron Lawrence in the corner. I mean, Zakai Ziegler had a hand. Uh, I, I I can't remember uh, who who it was for Vanderbilt that that drove. I think it was Mannion. Uh, that that drove and and Zakai, I mean, had him locked up. I mean, he was still going to be able to get a layup off, but Zakai was playing tight defense was was on his hip. And uh, Rick Barnes said post game that they said in the huddle that they thought that Vanderbilt was going to try and and get downhill, which obviously they did they did, or they were going to try to get the ball to Liam Robbins in in the post. But the one thing that you cannot do is give up an open. Three and for Santi to come off his man, Tyron Lawrence, in the corner the way that he did, a after they had talked about it in the huddle, b when Zakai pretty much again, like I just said, he was on he was on the ball handler's hip. I mean, he he's forcing a contested layup. At worst, 
the Vandy player makes a, a tough layup and that game goes into overtime. But instead, Santi helps when he doesn't need to help, leaves their their second leading scorer wide open in the corner, and he drains a three. Obviously, the free throw is very disappointing, but that's also kind of part of basketball. Like, you're, yes, Santi needs to make mm-hmm. that free throw, but that happens in basketball. We, we see it all the time where where that, that was more skill involved, where he just had a lapse of, of judgment on the defensive end. And I thought that was just as concerning, if not more concerning and more frustrating than the missed free throw. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's compiling one mistake with another mistake and Santi misses the free throw. He comes off a man that even before the three was Vanderbilt's leading scorer and was two out of three from three. I mean, Lawrence was, was really efficient that day. So you understand the scout report of guys you can help off of and guys you can't. And Lawrence is a guy you, especially in that situation, in that game, that moment, you just don't help off of because he's feeling it. He made a couple shots earlier in the game. There's another example of a double mistake. What I mean by that is a mistake on the offensive side and going on going to the defense side and, and making a mistake. The freshman, Toby Owaka, had it. He had one of those mistakes where he had missed a layup at the rim. It was contested, but, I mean, the ball didn't even hit the rim. It was it wasn't a good shot. And I thought he was tired. He was really tired. Here's someone that doesn't play a lot of minutes. And last night he played 22. So he played more minutes in the Vanderbilt game than he has all season long. He's been climbing with his minutes game by game. And the Auburn game, he had 15 minutes, and Jonas Adu had 18 minutes. And we had Ron Slay on uh, the program, and we were talking about that. And I said, hey, man, Toby's coming. Toby's coming for Adu because Toby can bang in the paint a little bit uh, more than Jonas. Jonas gets pushed around a little bit more. I said, Jonas is coming for Adu's minutes. And we saw that take place on last night. He had 22 minutes. I felt like he was tired on that possession where the ball hits the backboard. He goes down. He's one of the last Tennessee players to go down. And the wide open guy from Vanderbilt is in the corner at the three-point line. And he jumps out instead of closing out the way he's supposed to. And he fouls a three-point shooter. Tennessee's up by three then. Vanderbilt goes to the line, they make all three, and then the game is tied. But that was another example of where you make a mistake on one side of the court, and then you go on the other side of the court and make a mistake. And Tennessee had too many of those late in the game, Ben. You just you just can't have that. And you especially can't have it from your senior guard. And you know, we had Vescovy on the locker room on Sunday. So I got a chance to talk to him and interview him about getting out of the shooting slump. He was not worried about the shooting slump. And the reason I asked him this, because he was on this team last year that went through a a shooting slump, right? Before Texas, halftime of Texas, and then the second half of Texas throughout the rest of the season last year, I mean, Tennessee was knocking down shots. And it's a big reason why they were able to go win SEC tournament championship. But he wasn't worried about the team making shots. And I see why, because they, they made shots against Vanderbilt. But I'm a little surprised in that moment, the lack 
uh, of judgment by by Santi. I can deal with Julian Phillips because he's a freshman. I can deal with Tobey because he's a freshman. Uh, and he played more minutes than, than he has all season long. And that doesn't make it right, but it's more acceptable because it's, it's freshman. Um, but Asante didn't have his his best uh, stretch there at the end of the game. I know he's kicking himself today and putting a lot of responsibility on himself, for sure. Yeah, and, and I don't know how to feel about the offense after last night's game. I mean, it was the best offensive performance we've seen from Tennessee and in quite some time and and the statistics look good. I mean, they shot 47% from the field, 7 of 19 from 3, 37%. That that's good. Uh they out-rebounded Vanderbilt 37 to 29. Uh they only had nine turnovers and some of them were very very silly and stupid turnovers, but this team has been around, you know, the 13 to 15 turnover mark and and they didn't even get to double digits last night, so I consider that a win. Uh, you had 13 offensive rebounds to nine, 18 second chance points to to seven. Uh, you outscored them in the paint. Your bench outscored them. Now they did only have two fast break points, and that's really really hard to do. Um, but you assisted on 16 of of 28 shots. That that's a good number. But I still feel weird uh, about this offense, Wayne, and and last night's game in particular. Like it was better than what it has been, and they knocked down shots. and And maybe I'm I'm being overly critical, and and you can put me back in my place. But Vanderbilt's defense is atrocious, statistically speaking. They have been bad this season. Not even bad. They've been awful this season. They were 252nd in the country out of 330 something teams in points allowed per game. They they were allowing 72 points per game. In adjusted defensive efficiency on Kimpom, they were 184th, and they were last in the SEC. Like, this is a a team that doesn't – Vanderbilt's defense does not turn teams over. Teams shoot well against them. And, and again, like, the offense wasn't bad last night for sure, and and the numbers kind of speak to them having a good night. I'm just – I guess I'm just disappointed that they weren't able to produce more because on paper it says – that you should have more than 65 points against Vanderbilt. And look, if you make the free throws, if you dunk the basketball, if you don't overhelp and, and come off your guy in the corner and, and leave him wide open for a three, you you win this basketball game, and, and this isn't a talking point. But although the offense took a step forward, I just I feel like there was still money left on, on the table, food left on the table. And I, I think part of it, I texted you this last night, the role players played well last night. You got what you needed from your role players. Uh, you, you talked about Tobey Awaka. He was really good. Eight points, nine rebounds, four of nine shooting. Uh, Tyreek Key was freaking awesome. 14 points on six of 12 shooting. They need more of that Tyreek Key, more of the scoring Tyreek Key than the primary ball handler Tyreek Key. Julian Phillips, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, four or five from the field. Um, Olivier Kumwa was, was pretty good. 10 points, five rebounds on five of eight shooting, but your, your stars didn't really show up. Josiah Jordan, James, two points, one of seven, oh of three from three. Zakai Ziegler, third game in a row. He hasn't really played well. Five points on two of seven shooting. And and Santi did finish with a, a team high 14 along with Tyreek. Uh, and and he did shoot four of eight from three, but he didn't really get it going uh, until the the end of the game. So 
I, I feel like there was offensive production left to be had in that particular matchup, given how bad Vanderbilt's defense was. And like this team's going to go. I think tonight's a perfect example. The role players play well, but you're going to go as far as Zakai Ziegler, Josiah Jordan James, and Santiago Vescovi take you from an offensive production standpoint. And outside of, of Santi late, there wasn't offensive production from your best players. A couple of things stand out to me, Ben, uh, why Tennessee lost this game. Number one, Vanderbilt made 10 threes. I mean, 30 points out of 66 is from the three-point line. Tennessee's the best team in the country. It was the best team in the country at three-point uh, percentage on, on defense. And Vanderbilt was able to have more success than anybody else that Tennessee's played all season long from the three-point line. Um, that's 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 point blank. I mean, Vanderbilt forty percent. Tennessee is is holding opponents uh, in the twenties, and so that's the first thing that stands out to me. Um, you had Robbins that has had double figure games this year, but he has never in the 2022-2023 season hit three threes in a game. He did that last night. Not only did he hit three threes, but he made three out of four <laughs> from, from three. So the three-point shooting for Vanderbilt was a big factor. The second factor is something I talked about a little earlier. That's the free throws. Like, you, three free throws? You, you have a team in Vanderbilt, and you mentioned it, their defense not good. They're 178th in defensive adjusted efficiency. They're 330th at forcing teams to turn the ball over. They're 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 not good. They only force eight steals a game, which is 317th in the country. So when you shoot outside shots, and I'm not saying don't shoot them because Tennessee shot the ball, you know, well, uh 37% from three, but like when you allow a poor defensive team to not have to guard you inside the paint, I feel like you're kind of bailing them out a little bit. And I thought we did some of that. You know, Josiah had three three-point attempts out of seven shots, so half of his shots were three-pointers. Um, so I look at the free throw. That's number two. Number three is Zakai Ziegler foul trouble impacted Tennessee's defense because it's always about the head of the snake. You can't tell me you can't have a good defense without a good point guard. Just like in football, hard to have a good defense without a good defensive tackle because they set the tone. And Zakai Ziegler being out, man, it allowed Vanderbilt to, to run their stuff more without having Zakai in passing lanes and pressuring the ball and making it hard for entry passes and things like that. Um, because we only shot three free throws, who was really in foul trouble besides Robbins? I mean, they wasn't in big foul trouble. So they didn't have to sit guys that might have gotten hot, like a Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence only had, he had three fouls, but no one on Vanderbilt's team had more than three fouls. So you got to force the action, man. You got to force referees to make calls by driving the ball to the basket. 
And I, I didn't feel like there was enough pressure on Vanderbilt's defense. So those three things really stand out to me. Uh, number one, the three-point shooting for Vanderbilt. Number two, I look at the the free throws, the lack thereof. And then number three, man, Zakai Ziegler not being out there as much as he has been. And think about it. He's the guy that played all 40 minutes against Mississippi State and has been playing close to that number since then. And last night, he played 24 minutes. Phyllis played 25. Vescovy played 34. Josiah played 28. Key played 27. So there's four or five guys that have played more minutes than Z. And we haven't seen that since Z has kind of been on this tear in the last couple of games. So he wasn't himself, and he didn't affect the ball game like he has affected the game uh, in previous uh, games, especially in the last two or three weeks. So I think those are all factors that led to Tennessee being in a position where the game was close at the end. And, hey, they made the shot because of a misassignment, and they won the game. You got to give credit to Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, we know he runs good stuff, runs good actions, r- runs good action with his offense, awesome sets. It got his guys open shots, and they were making them. That 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 was what was going through my mind as Santi helped off of Lawrence in the corner last night and left left Lawrence wide open in, in, in the corner that Rick Barnes has said for four years now, Jerry runs good stuff. And, and and there it is with the game on the line, wide open three uh, for for the win. So I, I did get a, a kick out of that uh, to to laugh through the the pain there. But uh, the three point shooting of, of Vanderbilt was was somewhat bad luck on, on Tennessee's part. But that's also what three point shooting is, right? Like like Tennessee's three point defense is really really good, but it's probably not as good as it seems because. There, there have been times this season where teams have gotten open looks from three and they just haven't made them. Uh, and there was a little bit of that last night, Vandy finally making some of those open threes, but they also missed some open threes. Miles Studi, who is probably the second best three-point shooter in the SEC behind Santi, he he had several wide open threes and, and he was clanking them not even off the rim. He was clanking them off the backboard. I mean, the, the fans in the front row, they had to have their antennas up and, and, and be on watch when Miles Studi was, was shooting the basketball. But, I mean, part of it was bad luck in the sense of Liam, Liam Robbins had made six threes all season long, and he makes three in the first half, one with a hand in his face. The guy's an 18% three-point shooter. And, and Tyron Lawrence is is a good shooter, like you said, but even his shooting percentages weren't that great entering the game either. I, I think it was 26%. He was shooting from three, entering the game, uh, and, and both of those guys were three of four from three, which if you looked at it on paper going into the game, you, you did not see that coming at all. So part of it, uh, uh, some, some bad luck in, in there as well, but that's also part of three-point defense. Half of three-point defense is whether or not the guy makes the shot. So uh, certainly some things for, for Tennessee to correct uh, the the story in my opinion, is late game execution. Although there was there was some good late game execution by how many times Tennessee had to inbound the basketball and Olivier Kumwa's big shot to give them the lead. And then they did get a defensive stop and corral the loose ball, but then it kind of went all downhill from there. So late game execution and Vanderbilt's three-point shooting was, was certainly the difference in the game. I've got one more thing I want to talk to Swain about, but first we do need to take a break and, and pay some, some bills and, and all that. 
fun stuff, but need, need to have a, a big picture conversation with Swain before we get him out of here as as well. But first, let's uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 247 podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Go Balls 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee. Wes Rucker is under the weather. So Jason Swain of 99.1 The Sports Animal. Josh and Swain. You can listen to them 12 to 3, Monday through Friday. He is filling in for Wes. Uh, and if you don't mind taking a moment out of your day to go like, rate, and review the Go Vols 247 podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. That's how you can help us on our end. Uh, Swain, big picture, how concerned are you about the team unraveling after uh, the last week and a half uh, of of just not fun basketball to watch, quite frankly. Um, I honestly don't even look at it as is the team unraveling. I mean, that's a that's a lesson that is a hard lesson, a lesson that you have to learn versus a team that 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 you beat previously, a team that you were favored to win by double digits against. Uh, a team that you've had success against the last 11 meetings. Um, also a team and program that's considered your in-state rival. And so you think about the losses. They're all against rivals in <laughs> Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Florida. So it just hurts more. Um, but these are, are lessons that you, you hope this team, they don't make the same mistake later in the season because it can cost them – a chance to advance in a tournament or a chance to repeat as SEC tournament champions. Uh, at this point of the season last year, who would have thought this team could go and win the SEC tournament? I mean, I don't know if I did, but uh, this team still defensively is one of the best in, in the country, if not the best. And one team on one night was able to make threes from the outside. They can't allow that to continue to happen. Um, they got to fix those those issues there. Zakai is valuable. Um, for so long, people have talked about Santiago Vescovi being the most important because uh, ability to make shots. But I just felt like it was Zakai over the last couple of weeks because the pressure he puts on opposing point guards defensively and how efficient he has been running the offense. He had seven assists last, last night and didn't even play as much as he should have. I mean, he played 10 to 12 less minutes that – 
than than he normally plays and still had seven assists. So uh, him being out of whack, I thought really affected his team. Um, but look around the country, man. There's like 17 teams in the top 25 that lost uh, this past week. And I'm not so, pointing the finger at them and going, what, what about them? I hate what about isms all the time, but like this is college basketball this year. It's wide open. And anybody can be anybody any given day. And people listening who are Tennessee fans probably don't want to hear that because they just care about Tennessee's team. I totally understand and get that uh, 100%. But you got to have the key guys who are important that need to produce. They got they got to know they got to produce. Like, when it's football and you know, hey, we are in a position to win more times than not when we target – this player, we give the ball to him this amount of time. When we don't, he he doesn't do his thing, and we're not as successful as we can be as a team. And I think Ziegler is one of those guys on this team. I think Olivier is one of these guys on this team. Those two, they can't have off nights. They just can't. And Z had an off night last night, and it, and it, cost, it cost Tennessee. Um, but I still believe this team can go win. Uh, a lot of games. I still believe this team can go far in a tournament, even though there is a narrative that Rick Barnes can't go deep in a tournament, and that's totally his it's his fault that that's that narrative out there. Until he proves otherwise and takes the team deep, then that narrative is going to continue, and it's only fair. Um, but guys have to understand their roles and know that like you have to go and be our guy today. Like there's no off days for you, and I think Z is a guy that he has to be really, really careful. Uh, he was overly aggressive, just not really basketball intelligent, picking up some of those fouls last night. Like You can be aggressive, but you got to adjust to those referees, man, because you get a different set every game. So you have to adjust in the first four or five minutes, six minutes of the game and, and play from there. I don't think Zakai did a really good job of that and got himself in some foul trouble. So uh, I, I wouldn't say they're unraveling, Ben. Um, but two losses to two teams that 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 you would have beaten at home that you're better than certainly makes it feel like you're unraveling. But it certainly um, sounds the alarms <laughs> for for sure. And the schedule's not getting any easier moving forward. You got to play Alabama. You got to go to Kentucky. Uh, I mean, you, you you play Auburn again. Like it's Arkansas, not getting easy. Missouri's Missouri. not going to be easy game on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So uh, you got to figure it out. But I do know that. There's leadership on this team, and I feel like they'll hold each other accountable. Um, you know, we'll see how these guys respond to Rick. Um, how does Rick approach this? Is he a you know, beat the 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 hammer, beat the nail with the hammer to the nail disappears, or are these guys taking accountability and kind of coaching themselves up and holding each other accountable. And Rick doesn't have to do as much as that. So we'll see how they respond uh, this Saturday. Yeah. The the bad news is that this team has plenty to work on, but you can also view that from a glass half full approach as well. And, and realize, like you said, Swain, there's not a team in the country that, that doesn't have anything to work on. Even, even Alabama, even Purdue, like, like there's not, 
that 2015 Kentucky team that just appears so much more dominant than everybody else. Alabama and Purdue probably have less questions than everybody else in the country. But outside of those two teams, there's big-time questions for every single team in the country. And, again, the bad news is that this team has a lot to improve on. The the last week and a half, two weeks, has been very frustrating. Uh, The offense has been frustrating to watch a, a good chunk of the season. But the good news is that it is February 9th. March is a month away. That is plenty of time to to find a rhythm and 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 get better. Uh, and you would rather them be trying to to sort out these issues now than at the SEC tournament. So there, there's still plenty of time. You said it. This this team has the ingredients and the potential and the ability to go out and, and do things that this program has never done before. But it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of leadership this next month to make sure that you're able to do those things. And whether it's right or wrong, this team's going to be evaluated and the season is going to be evaluated by what they do in March. If if they go out and make the Elite Eight, then losing to Florida, losing to Vanderbilt, nobody's going to care in a month and a half, two months, or, or when they reflect on, on this season. So uh, very frustrating right now for Tennessee basketball, but everything's still in front of them and, and still plenty of time to improve. Uh, Swain, we greatly appreciate you filling in here for for Wes on the pod. Need to get you back on uh, in in the future, not just for basketball, but to to break down uh, football as well. Uh, And speaking of football and basketball and and now baseball, uh, how can people follow you and and keep up with you and Josh uh, on the radio so they can listen to all of everything that's going on with Tennessee athletics right now? Uh, Twitter 3 on 991 D Sports Animal. They're on Sports Animal's website as well. Um, follow me on Twitter at Swain Event. You better go do it or else. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we appreciate your time here on the pod. Go Vols 247 podcast. Please go like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, big week for Tennessee basketball continues on Saturday. Uh, be a sneaky good game against Missouri. And then you get Alabama and Kentucky next week. So Tennessee better get it going here quick because uh, the schedule gets more difficult as the month of February progresses. And we'll have plenty of coverage of that at Go Vols 247. For Jason Swain, I am Ben McKee. We hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that 
at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.